0: Welcome to the Council Chair Leadership Series, information and strategies to lead effectively. A national training program for people who have been elected or appointed to serve in the position of chair for their state or territory council on developmental disabilities. The ITAC is funded by the Administration for Community Living, Office of Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. We work together to support a national network of state and territory DD councils to enhance their leadership, improve outcomes and impacts, and ensure compliance is met.
1: My name is Cheryl Matney. I'm the director of the Information and Technical Assistance Center for Council, more commonly known as ITAC. On this episode, you will hear from a current chairperson of a DD Council, we will explore the leadership role of the chair, common duties for the chair, strategies for planning and preparing for meetings, and tips to facilitate and run efficient meetings. Today, Dave Duell is our featured guest. Dave is the current chair of the New York State Developmental Disabilities Planning Council. Dave serves on the council as a parent advocate and has a strong background of serving on state and local boards from California to New York. He has been a peer counselor for the Parent to Parent Network and a parent group founder and leader for the National Down Syndrome Association. Dave is a Senior Research Fellow and Strategic Alliance Subject Matter Expert for the International Disability Center and is also the Academic Dean Emeritus for the Master's Academy International in Los Angeles, California. Dave, we're excited you are a part of our DD Council network of chairpersons, and we know everyone is going to learn from your expertise. Welcome.
2: Thank you for that kind introduction, Cheryl. It's great to be with you today.
1: Dave, I've heard a new council chairperson say they often feel a little bit anxious and worried about taking on the role of chair. Do you have any advice for a new chairperson?
2: Sure, Cheryl. I recall this anxiety when I chaired my first meeting very vividly. I think new council chairs fear three primary things. The first thing is, what if I don't know what to say? (laughs) Because you're supposed to say something. I would challenge them to focus on two things. Focus on their purpose, first of all. Why are they there? They went through the entire application process and were approved. People believed in them. So why are they there? Uh, Drill down on that purpose, and you will have something to say also. Focus on people. Think about the fact that you now have the opportunity to create spaces for people in your council, and you also have the opportunity to uh, amplify their voices. And this is a great gift that you have that you can pass on. Second question that I think new chairs ask is, what if there are distractions or interruptions Well, there will be. (laughs) It's a fact. And maybe your first meeting, you'll have something happen. That'll be good if it does, because you need to get beyond this. And only by experiencing it will you do that. But don't panic when that happens. It's okay. It happens to everyone. And give pause just for a moment to think about what is happening, because there are many kinds of distractions and interruptions. Uh, But the best thing to do next may well be to pick a responsible person on the council to take care of the problem for you, and then you can move on with the meeting if that would be fitting to do. Finally, the third question I think that new council chairs ask is, what if I make a mistake? Guess what? You will, and you will make one very quickly. And once you've done that, you realize it's okay, uh, apologize briefly, don't plead for forgiveness or anything like that. Um, people will feel comfortable with your mistake, just like they feel comfortable with their mistakes. And so it's okay. So in short, relax. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Let me suggest a few ways for you to serve your counsel without worrying. First of all, prepare for our meetings carefully. This is so important, and I will say this several times in our discussions today, but preparation is everything. What you prepare for now, you will be preventing during the meeting, and so prepare for meetings carefully. Secondly, build a working relationship with your director. Uh, That is such an important relationship. is very key. Build a relationship, but not a dependency. Your director wants you to succeed. They want to see you lead. And even though you may feel a little inadequate at first, in your first meeting, perhaps, uh, tough it out on your own. Challenge yourself. And if you need to, talk to someone about the fears that you have. Finally, look for areas you want to improve in yourself. Do some reading on chairing and uh, leading boards, perhaps. Uh, But then also focus on improving your state council you are now the council chairman. It falls to you to recognize where changes need to be made alongside of your director and the rest of the council. So be on the lookout for things that you want to improve.
1: Well, Dave, it is great advice. And it is so refreshing to hear that perfection is not expected. (laughs) Um, So as we move forward, you know, sometimes when we uh, think about the chair in a, a the leadership role for a DD council, are there ways a chairperson can show good leadership?
2: Certainly, Cheryl. Uh, here are a few tips that may be helpful. First, focus on what is best for the council. And it's very interesting. When you do that, you take your mind off yourself and your fears. Uh, you can do this in three ways. First of all, by facilitating good governance. That's how you regulate the meeting. And by setting a positive tone. A positive tone is so important. If you're positive, the rest of the council will tend to be positive as well. And so by setting a positive tone, you're developing culture. And that's the second thing by supporting the culture and mission of the council along with the director. You will be doing what is best for the council. Uh, Councils have their cultures, and every council has a different culture. It's good to get to know what yours is, and you have the opportunity to change it if there are things that, that might need to be changed and people might ask you to change. But also focus on the mission of your council because that's critical, and we'll talk more about that. The third way that you focus on what is best for the council is by advancing and supporting the council's direction and priorities. Uh, You're the one to keep the goals before the council's eyes and to remind them periodically and to remind them also what their priorities are and why, why they're there. So first, focus on what is best for the council. Second, engage council members, build upon each member's strengths, and help members to understand their roles and duties. I like to refer to this as council member care. You have a unique opportunity to make everyone's council experience positive and helpful and and a way of contributing to their personal growth. And so this will help you if you're able to start your tenure as a council chair by focusing on helping other council members grow. And finally, Shepherd the state plan by guiding council members toward reaching the five-year goals. Five-year goals are the map that aims true north. It must guide you, and you may need to remind yourself and others how to do this.
1: Those are important items. I know we're going to touch on those a little bit deeper in just a bit. But, you know, Dave, I've been wondering about what are the most common duties for a council chairperson? Do you have a quick list in your mind?
2: Let me make a few suggestions, Cheryl. First, preside over and facilitate the meetings. You say, well, that sounds like a lot of responsibility. You are a state officer and a state policy maker, and you may not feel like it at first. That's normal. But as time goes on, remind yourself per- periodically that you are a state officer and it is up to you to preside over and facilitate the meetings. By facil- facilitating, I mean by helping them move along as smoothly and thoroughly as possible. Second, work with the director in developing a meeting agenda. The agenda is all important, and working with your director as you put together a meeting agenda that is going to guide your council through a meeting will be helpful. Third, make sure to complete the director's annual evaluation. And, you know, council chairs come to appreciate and respect their directors, but it's very important that they be able to evaluate them. It's good for the director. It's good for the entire council, and it's good to be evaluated yourself periodically. So you can ask for that kind of feedback. Fourth, Engage members through committee work. The committees are all important to your council. They are the umbrellas for the work groups, the individual work groups that produce the work of the projects that you choose to do and you choose to fund. So support your committee leaders, your committee chairs, and give them the opportunity to uh, be engaged and to take part in everything. Fifth, develop and achieve the five-year plan I've already referred to this as the agency map. Six, be aware of documents like bylaws, policies, regulations, open meeting law, the DD Act, and how the council was established in your state or territory. You don't need to know these all at once at the very beginning, but come to understand them and ask people to explain them to you if that's necessary. Get copies of them and keep them. in a way that you can access them quickly and refer to them when people talk about them. These guidance tools are your council roots. People don't see them, but they know they're there by your council culture and performance.
1: I love that reference to roots because if you have that very solid foundation, then if you think about the council as, as the the tree and all of the blooms that come on and how healthy the the tree becomes i mean it, it's a great metaphor um, and those are really important duties for sure um, so let's think about i'd like to kind of pick your brain on meeting facilitation duties um since this is the very public duty that a chair has. People see the chair in that role. Do you have a few tips um, for a new council chairperson or even a, an existing seasoned council chairperson?
2: Absolutely, Cheryl. Since the chair is responsible for facilitating the meetings, this means do not open an agenda item and then turn it over to others. Now the natural tendency for a new council chair will be to look at the director and to turn things back over to the director. But your director wants you to stand. They want you to succeed as a council chair. And so uh, own the agenda, make it yours and focus on facilitating the agenda and making the meeting run smoothly around the agenda. Secondly, invite committee chairs to present their own agenda items. We've already spoken about the cruciality of the committees in accomplishing the projects. Uh, Give them the opportunity to take part in uh, putting the agenda together as well. Thirdly, improve your meeting facilitation skills. And there's always uh, an opportunity to read or to listen to uh, podcasts and uh, YouTube videos, and so forth that will help you with the facilitation skills. But the very best strategy is this. Prepare yourself and others in advance of the meeting. Preparation is critically important.
1: And Dave, does that also mean like running the meeting uh, in your mind? Like if, you know, kind of walking through the agenda and thinking, well, you know, if if someone opposes this, what would I say? And is, is that kind of also a helpful thing? Or I know you don't want to get too worked up about what could possibly go well and what could possibly not go well. But um, I'm hearing you say just kind of think through every bit of the agenda to really get comfortable with, with what the content would be.
2: That's an excellent suggestion, Cheryl. Um, every every meeting, uh, I will spend uh, several hours in on several occasions just reading through the agenda and simulating the meeting in my mind. Okay, now it's my turn to speak, uh, and do I need to introduce someone else? And what will I say? How will I introduce them? It, you end up putting them in in a form. of of a script. The agenda becomes the basis for the script, but you put your notes in there of reminders and helpful tips. And I found that to be invaluable. Great suggestion.
1: That is wonderful. You know, it's hard to think about a council meeting, which is the official meeting of the council, without talking about parliamentary procedure. Can you just tell us what parliamentary procedure is?
2: Yes, it is a set of well thought through and time tested rules for conducting fair and orderly meetings of all sorts. Well, that
1: doesn't sound too complicated, does it? Just sounds pretty easy and reasonable. But what does that look like for the chair? Uh, What what kind of what does it look like? parliamentary procedure look like, and what responsibilities does a chairperson have?
2: Sure. Parliamentary procedure guides us in making decisions. It requires that we, first of all, introduce business in proper order following the agenda. So, parliamentary procedure is going to help us to work out our agenda one step at a time. Secondly, uh, it requires asks us to recognize members who want to speak in orderly fashion. You know, you're in your first meeting and you ask a question or you bring something open for conversation and discussion. And five people put their hands up. Well, which one do you pick first? I found a a convention that was suggested to me by my director, who's absolutely brilliant about these things. She said, we want to flank you. And have one staff member on each side watching to see the order of hands as they go up. And it's never failed. I, I will not notice who was the first of the five. They will, and they'll remind me which one comes next and which one comes next after that. So that's a little tip. Recognize them one at a time and in order. The third thing is determine if a motion is in order. Are you actually ready? to make a motion and to bring it to a vote. We refer to this as due process, but knowing when to initiate something in the process is critically important. Fourth, keep discussion relevant to the pending motion. You'll find it's very easy in council meetings to get off on rabbit trails, and people with great intentions will take you down a path that uh, takes you away from pending motion it's up to you to bring the attention of the board of the council back to the pending motion so you may have to say uh, let's get back to the point of the pending motion itself and most council members will be understanding about that Uh, next uh, maintain order and council members don't usually break out in chaos but there may be some confusion at some point in time Uh, take charge it's your responsibility to work out something that's uh, become a problem, and it will go, okay, this will rarely happen. But sometimes there's a little confusion and you need to resolve the problem. Finally, put motions to a vote and announce, announce the results. Um, announcing the results as they should be stated will be critically important. and uh, as you, And announcing the motion as it should be stated is important. So you may want to write those motions out on your script. That's your personal copy of the agenda that has your notes on it. And make sure you use the exact wording every time you refer to the motion so people don't get confused. Um, ITAC has additional information on parliamentary procedure, uh, a six-step process to handle motions that I use, I have found to be very helpful. And there are a lot of resources on the web.
1: Oh, that is some great advice. And I know that this is one of the areas that most chairpersons struggle with. And so, um, you know, uh, go back to your opening remarks. You don't have to be an expert on everything. And so this is um, an area that people do, do struggle with. And I think it's also okay for the chair to Take a break for a moment and just it's okay to take just a moment to think through things. So would you agree with that?
2: I would. That two or three seconds of clear thinking will be critically important to resolving whatever the issue is.
1: So, Dave, do you also have some tips for our chairpersons to help them run fair, efficient meetings?
2: I believe I do, Cheryl. Thanks for asking. Parliamentary procedure, as we said, helps us to make decisions. But let's talk now about developing meeting culture. How do you make the meeting a pleasant, enjoyable process for people to take part in? Well, first of all, control the meeting as a shepherd of the group, not the boss. And it's easy at first to feel like you need to be the boss, you're in charge, but you'll find that people will be more receptive and will take part in meetings more if you treat the group a little bit like a shepherd. Shepherds don't rule over the sheep, they care for them and they lead them along. And uh, think of your counsel as your colleagues that you want to help be successful. Also, listen to each person speaking as if there was no one else in the room. Speakers must be heard by all council members. And from time to time, I'll remind myself that I need to set the tone on this, because if you always, as the council chair, are talking to the person next to you when someone else on the floor is talking, then other council members will think that's okay. They'll get the wrong idea that they can have a conversation with the people next to them all throughout the meeting, and then you'll be in trouble. So make sure that everyone knows when someone speaks, we all listen together and we listen carefully. And if we don't understand, we call for clarification and explanation. Next, help everyone focus on the meeting's purpose by keeping the discussion relevant to the task, the issue at hand. And for this reason, uh, again, avoid those rabbit trails that are easy to go on because one thing always relates to another and before long you're talking about several things removed from the topic that you should be discussing. Next, when in doubt, ask the council. The council is the final authority and as we said at the beginning, shepherd the group, don't be a boss. Realize that the council collectively is the final authority and you're the one that is facilitating the meeting.
1: Those are great tips, Dave. You know, I hear um, and see a lot of council agendas from all over the country and our territories, and I see a lot of councils are at or include a public comment period as part of their meeting or either before the meeting or right after the meeting. Can you talk to us about the purpose of a public comment period?
2: yes and and by the way the public comment period is one of my favorite parts of the meeting the purpose of public comment time is to give members of the public an opportunity to inform the dd council about their experiences and concerns i attended the public comment time for four years before i was appointed to the council And I found it to be a very enjoyable experience, and I was allowed to speak many times and to express concerns that I, as a parent, was familiar with and talk about my experiences.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I always think it's good for councils to hear, you know, uh, regularly from people who have their, their experiences and can bring that to the council just to make the council aware of what's really happening in the world. Now, I'm just wondering what kind of responsibilities or duties a chairperson has during a public comment period.
2: Great question. Yes, they do have responsibilities. They are, I believe, and this is a handful, but uh, I think it will be helpful. Always review the public comment period guidelines before the public comment period. You might think, well, why do you have to do that each time? First of all, you have new guests. You have new public representatives. Secondly, it's good for your council members to be refreshed on why we have this period. It's a very special time during the council meeting. So review the public comment period guidelines. Each state's is different, and uh, there are no two alike that I'm aware of. And so be familiar with your own state's comment period guidelines. Secondly, thank each person for their comments, positive or negative. You must be prepared to receive negative comments. Do not take them personally. These are people like us who bring their concerns and their experiences before the council because they see the council as part of the solution to the problem. So if it seems like they're angry with you, or even if it feels a little bit like they might be abusing you, be patient with them, be calm, just listen, and acknowledge that you hear what they're saying. Thirdly, do not engage in conversation with the public. Um, you may recognize one of the guests, and it's not a time to say, hey, I saw your uncle the other day or something like that. Um, it's That's not what that period is for. It's meant to deal with different concerns and experiences that the public has. Fourth, instruct council members to avoid speaking during this time. Um, it's okay if there are no uh, public comments, that uh, you can use some of this time to ask a council member if they have a concern they'd like to express. But by and large, this time is specifically for public comment. So I encourage my council members to listen during this time, listen to the public and listen carefully, even probe question, uh, suggestions they make with uh, with the council members' questions that they have so that we clearly understand what's being said. It's our role as council members to listen.
1: Oh, that's some good advice. And I always go back to it's called public comment. And so the natural role for the council is to listen because the public is commenting. And I know it's not in our nature to just listen and say thank you for your your comments. They're very important to us. Um, But I do think these kinds of um, opportunities for the council to hear from the public can really show your citizens in your state or territory that the council is truly interested in their views. So I do think it's a win when we we can accommodate public comment. Dave, you've mentioned meeting agendas several times. Can you tell us why an agenda or remind us why an agenda is
2: important? Yes, Cheryl. Uh, A meeting agenda tells council members and the public about what the council will cover in a meeting. So a meeting agenda helps to establish expectations for the meeting. Most state or territory open meeting laws require public bodies to provide an agenda to the public. So you must be very careful that the draft of the agenda that you give the public is the same draft that you end up using in the meeting. I I was taking part as a guest one time in another meeting. It wasn't my own councils, but uh, there was an updated agenda that was given to council members that they were following carefully. And I was not able to follow it as a guest. And so it's important to follow the meeting agenda as shared. If you want to change the agenda, there are procedures required. And it might be good to check with your executive director uh, for those details.
1: That's some really good advice. Um, you mentioned open meeting laws. And sometimes you're right. And that Again, no two are exactly the same. But there are some very um, prescribed rules around that with agendas. You know, so much goes into planning a council meeting. And I think you said it earlier, how well you conduct pre-meeting preparation will determine the effectiveness of your meeting. So I think you're in agreement with that.
2: Absolutely. In fact, I believe that meeting preparation can actually determine meeting outcomes. Planning will pay off for our meetings.
1: Well, with that in mind, can you give us your top tips for preparing for a meeting?
2: Now, I'd love to do that. First, plan the agenda with the director. We talked about this already, but it's so, so important. Make this a process that you do together. And at first, it will seem like you're incapable of of setting forth the agenda yourself. And that's your director will help you with that. Uh, But Contribute as much as you possibly can and ask good questions in the planning process. Secondly, schedule a check-in with the director to review agenda items and gather background information. And it's interesting. Today, we just did our executive leadership meeting in preparation for our full council meeting in June, but we went through the agenda together and we updated uh, our own parts of the agenda so that everyone knows what's going on. Third, make notes about what agenda items require council decision and think about the parliamentary procedure methods you will need for agenda items. You see, the nature of the item determines the specific parliamentary procedure method needed. Don't let that scare you. It may sound a little intimidating. You will do it naturally after a while, but it's important to think about, give conscious thought to parliamentary procedure methods and how to use them effectively. A big tip, I believe, is review the meeting materials so you are aware of what members will see. And again, as I suggested earlier, you can have a full script and a leaner agenda that you hand out. The full script will have your notes, your notations, and your suggestions and your concerns written in it.
1: Wow, those are great tips, um, Dave. And I love the one about um, really looking at the agenda and thinking through what the parliamentary procedure might need to be. Um, That could really help reduce some stress and anxiety for a chairperson moving forward, I believe. So what about during a meeting? Um, Do you have some advice for chairs um on how they can handle things during a meeting
2: yes during a meeting you will want to watch for signs that a discussion has run its course fully um things like people repeating the same points or only a few people weighing in or only a couple of people offering discussion it means members may be ready for a call to motion so be sensitive to that they're signaling that they're ready secondly to ensure that your members understand the motion the chair should state in clear words what members are voting on and again this is where i will include information on my script which will be which will have the agenda as its basis uh, the third thing i would suggest is the chair should tell who is allowed to vote on items Only governor appointed members that do not have a conflict of interest are allowed to vote. These may need to abstain or recuse from the decision if they're not uh, governor appointed members. I'd also like to offer a couple more tips for the chair in assisting members before they leave a meeting. First, review the highlights of the meeting. And this is one of the most enjoyable parts of the meeting. in, in doing so, you recognize the council's hard work and good efforts. You talk about the, the glowing accomplishments of the meeting. And you don't have to include everything, but just maybe one or two highlights of the meeting that uh, we made progress and we've done some good in the course of our meeting. Secondly, remind them about any assigned tasks for all of them collectively. If there's something they did together uh, and, and if it requires further uh, work, make sure you refresh their memories as they go. And they'll probably write it down then because they were listening before. Third, ask if they need more information on anything. And if there are concerns and if there is confusion, you might consider special mailings or emailings. Next, remind them of the end, uh, excuse me, of the next meeting, date, time, and location. And it may be right in the page in front of them, but remind them, and you will think about these together, and people may realize they have conflicts they need to resolve and so forth. Of course, end a meeting on time. It shows you respect your members' time, and my director has modeled this so wonderfully.
1: I love those tips. Um, great information. You know, and I do think it it sounds so easy to end a meeting on time. but when you look at your council members and all of the different lives they lead, um, that ending on time because everybody's got something different going on or care needs or ending or beginning or, <laughs> So I think that is really great advice. And I love your reflection. You know, during this meeting, we made critical decisions on our state plan activities. That's a moment. I think those are like the moments of celebration Um, to remind people they accomplished great things just in the few hours you were together. You know, we've talked about what a chair can do to prepare before a meeting and what they can do during a meeting. But what about after the meeting? Are there things that a chair can do um, after the meeting to help uh, them as they're performing their leadership role for the next meeting?
2: Yes, Cheryl. I think this is how you bring closure to a meeting. First of all, I would suggest reflect while the meeting is fresh in your memory, jot down some notes to consider what you might do to make the meeting better next time. After our first hybrid meeting, it was a difficult meeting because we were trying to coordinate voting uh, that came through uh, the zoom connection along with the members who were present. It was confusing. So immediately after that, meeting was over with, I leaned over to the the staff member flanking me that we talked about already. And I said, can we resolve this? Is there something we could do differently next time to make this happen a little more smoothly for people? So yes, jot down some notes to consider what you might do to make the the next meeting even better. Always try to improve on what you do. It's a very enjoyable process. Secondly, think about ways to assist new members and reach out to members who are not attending meetings. There are reasons that they are not attending, and it's good to get an understanding of what those reasons are and then try to resolve them together as a council. Member care, as I mentioned, is so critically important. It's good to have a council member growth plan in place so that people know you care about their progress and your growth as council members. Third, consider what action you might take to improve poor behavior of members. You know, poor behavior may not be and probably is not intentional, but yet it might be disruptive to the meeting. And so this is your opportunity to correct something gently like a shepherd. How is that?
1: (laughs) That's great, Dave. You have given us so much great information that I know other chairs will find extremely helpful. And we do appreciate you being with us today.
2: It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me.
0: If you are interested in more information, we have three more podcast episodes on topics council chairpersons will find most helpful. Visit our website at itachelp.org. There are training and resource materials and much more. So check us out. This podcast was supported through services funded by contract number HHSP 233201 c From the U.S. Administration for Community Living, Department of Health and Human Services, Washington, D.C., 20201, to provide training and technical assistance services to state and territory councils on developmental disabilities. The contents are those of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of nor an endorsement by the ACL, HHS, or the U.S. government.